Welcome to Confessions of a Melanated Queen, a podcast designed to celebrate achievements within black culture. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Meeks. Welcome back to Confessions of a Melanated Queen. Guys, my confession this week. So it has been an amazing journey, like the last nine months since this brand was built. Um, I have been on just the roller coaster of emotions, meeting new people, having a great time, sometimes getting frustrated. But something that I'm really happy about is that I built some great connections with some awesome people. So for an example, a few months ago, I was at an event and one of our former guests was the host of that event. And throughout that, that whole time I was there, I was meeting some pretty cool people. I was selling the book and we were talking about the book. But this next guest was definitely a big component to that day for me. Um, we had a chance to talk. We talked about a number of different things. We talked about our ideas, our goals. And just it was just wonderful. Before we start recording, she, she defined it as divine. And so I'm so happy to have this opportunity to meet, to meet her today over the phone and for you guys to have an opportunity to talk to her as well. So today we have Miss LaToya Kenner, founder of Big Baby LLC, Sis, thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, okay, when we talked that day, we talked about a bunch of stuff we were doing. My former career in higher education, yeah. We talked about mm-hmm. the stuff I'm doing now. We talked about the stuff you've been doing. And you were sharing with me during that time, and we've had conversations since then about your journey through your career and how you found yourself transitioning from the field of social work and psychotherapy to becoming what we call now a virtual life coach. And, you know, you do some spiritual counseling, you vlog, I've seen your videos, you've got some pretty cool stuff about like the law of attraction, you talk about astrology, um, psychology stuff, self-development. And there's been all types of stories in between time lead up to that. So just let's just hop into um, Big Baby LLC, what you do, and uh, how you how all this came up to be what it is today. What's your journey? Okay, sounds, sounds good. Okay, so um, first I'll start with the name um, of my company. And um, a lot of people are thrown off by, you know, a uh, 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 company that is fo- focused on like spirituality and metaphysics and for it to be called Big Baby. It just doesn't seem like in line with that um, train of thought. But for me, um, it's all about us being born again. Like every day that we wake up is another opportunity um, to be our best selves, to, to try it all over again. And we're in a constant space where we're learning and we're developing as people. Um, so we never really grow up. Um, and, um, you know, there's always this, um, evolution that's happening in our lives. So that's why I chose the name big baby for my company. Um, I just felt like it was just really appropriate, even for myself. Like, you know, every time that I think that I know something or I've learned something, you know, um, I realize there's something else that I don't know that I need to, to know. So there's never a point where you reach this like apex of learning or understanding. You're always growing. You're always developing. So that's why um, I chose the name Big Baby, which is kind of unusual for like a, a spiritual type practice. Right. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually started the company. Um, I, I used to work as a social worker in Chicago and um, a psychotherapist um, here in Atlanta. And I did that work for many, many years. 
um, started my journey as a, really, I started years before I even got into college as a, a teen mother. Um, I had my daughter when I was 16 years old, and it was a really difficult time in my life. Um, and I had some really positive people around me who helped me to um, make it through that time and be successful. So when I got to college, I was just committed to helping young people like myself who were struggling, um, who needed people who understood them to connect with them and to mentor them. So that led me into the field. So I got both my bachelor's and my master's degree, both in psychology. And um, my goal was to work with pregnant and parenting teens. That's what I wanted to do. Um, and actually, I did get that opportunity when I first got out of school. Uh, one of my first jobs was for an agency um, as a clinical parenting coach. And all of my girls were young women between the ages of maybe 11 and 22 years old who were um, parenting. And um, I was just really excited about that as my first job, especially since that's why I went into the field was to help that population specifically. Um, but once I entered into that work, I was like very disappointed with what I saw um, as a, a social worker. Um, I just didn't feel like I was able to touch the, my clients the way that I wanted to or really help them in um, the deep way that envisioned as like a naive, you know, um, new graduate. Um, there was just like a lot of like political things happening within just, just the system, you know, just like the social services, the system itself, um, a lot of red tape, a lot of rules and regulations that I didn't feel like were really conducive with um, really helping and healing people. So I thought, well, maybe it was just that agency or maybe it was just that role. So I ended up leaving um, from being a clinical parenting coach to being a case manager, which I also hated. <laughs> um, and then I left from that and I went to um, working as a psychotherapist in the community, um, working with DFACS. DFACS is um, the DCFS here in Atlanta, um, working with DFACS as a psychotherapist going into people's homes, working with families. Um, I also found that to be really difficult and um, not necessarily what I was looking to do. Um, because when I would arrive at these, these people's homes, like they weren't necessarily seeing me as an advocate or as an ally because they were forced um, into therapy. Um, just, it was mandated by the courts. So under those circumstances, you're gonna get a different set of dynamics than you would a person who's coming to you and who's willing and who's like really wanting to grow and to learn. Um, and then also just being in that environment where um, within the home, I'm, I'm trying to do therapy, but, you know, I'm, I'm in the living room with a kid, you know, um, you know, trying to do an exercise and, you know, the mother's in the kitchen, um, frying chicken and she's like arguing with her boyfriend on the phone and you know it just wasn't an environment that I was really um I really felt was conducive with the with the um what's the word for it like the therapeutic experience 
so I left that and then I went into after school I'm like well maybe I just can work with the kids in the community and you know do it in a fun way and this is a voluntary program um you know so everybody who was there wanted to be there and then I was hit with issues within that system as well um just you know it was a grant funded program and you know they they you know it's all about the numbers so you can't even approach that authentically because it's just certain goals um that you have to meet or like certain um i can't think of the word for it like um they just have certain standards yeah yeah it's like benchmarks right Mm -hmm. so it made it very difficult to just like just have a flow because there were certain things within that grant that we had to do and we had to prove that we were doing it. And it was just like, just a lot of pressure. And mm-hmm. sometimes that took away from the work with the children. Um, so um, eventually I just got frustrated and I gave up and I uh, went into being a, a cocktail server and then eventually a bartender at hotels here in Atlanta. Um, and I was having fun. <laughs> I wasn't stressed out and I was making way more money than I ever dreamed of making as a social worker. So I got caught in that world for probably about five years or so. And I just want to tap um, into, if you don't mind, I just want to interject for a second and, 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 and kind of talk about what you're, what you're sharing with us, because, you know, I too work in nonprofit and I've been doing that for the last four years. And I think one of the things that you're saying that I find is interesting because there's a lot of truth and it's deep rooted oftentimes people we all go into our fields because our intent most not long ago, i shouldn't say all a lot of people especially mm-hmm. with social services social work psychology things like that yes. we go into those mm-hmm. fields because for one we we can one identify with the population that we want to serve some kind of way so for you absolutely you, a teen mom and you wanted to be able to help combat that epidemic um i can relate i was going through some stuff for higher education as a student myself which what made me want to go into higher ed and then now youth development but one thing mm-hmm, that i will mm-hmm. say that speaks to how you went through that journey even because we're going to get more into your role as a bartender and all that stuff and how it led to what you're doing today but mm-hmm. oftentimes what we don't see until we're in it is that a lot of these agencies i can't say all but they're not really there to solve a problem they are yeah. there to kind of dangle a carrot because if you mm-hmm. just think about it, what is that, that, that old saying? If you teach a man to fish, you'll never have to ask for anything ever again or something. But if you just, right. yeah. but if you, but <laughs> if you keep giving, like right. That. But if you yeah. keep giving him a fish every day, he's going to keep coming back to you. Right. But exactly. if you teach him a fish, you, he's good. He's going to go out there. He's going to eat on his own. But see, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes these organizations, these entities, these, these, you know, so-called, you know, do-gooders, they're not really, their goal is not to really teach our people to fish, but they want you to keep coming back. And so you get frustrated because you see it, you see the game, you see the performance measures, you see the objectives, you see these yes. sometimes unrealistic expectations. And then we're supposed to exactly. meet them, but we know that it's not effective. We know it's not effective. Mm-hmm. So you took some time yes. away from that and you, you sat back and yeah. you said, let me do something else and think about it. Exactly. I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, I was just disenchanted because like you said, when you're a student going into that work, you don't know those things. You, mm-hmm. You're not, they don't teach you that in school. And I didn't know anyone who was doing the type of work that I was interested in doing. Right. So, um, you know, in my mind, when I left, I'm like, forget it. I'm, I'm never doing this again. Like, I'm like, I wasted my money on this degree. 
you know, my my brain is worth like a hundred thousand dollars and people want to pay me eleven bucks an hour and you know, it it was just like a lot of different things. And I was just like when I left to go cocktail serve, especially when I was making eight hundred dollars a night sometimes, I was wow. like, you know what, I'm done. I'm out and you know, I'll just stack my money and if I want to help the people in the future but donate send some donations to somebody um, or something like that then I'll just do it that way um, so I, I started off pretty content um, you know leaving that really stressful environment where I was like overworked and underpaid and, and not very efficient I felt um, in my work but you can't get away from it um, so as a cocktail server and as a bartender, I found myself counseling people while I was at work. Yeah. I was counseling my coworkers. I was counseling the people who were coming, um, to sit at the bar and, you know, people would find me and seek me out. And, um, I had a few people and not just because they were drunk. Some people weren't even drunk yet. They were sober, you know, who I would bring to tears, um, just having conversations, you know, that for me just felt very like basic. It's just me asking questions and helping to process. Cause I wasn't like literally doing therapy, but it was just like something that was just in- intuitive and in my nature. So I found myself always being in that role still, even in this new environment. Um, and, and it just helped to emphasize like not only my love for it, but just like my gift. Um, you know, I feel like we're just equipped with certain gifts and, um, you know, the gift of counsel, um, of like discernment of, um, just being able to see the best in people. Um, that's just something that I've been blessed with. And even in that environment, it didn't go away. So I I began, began to realize, you know, that, you know, even though, it wasn't, it didn't work out the way that I wanted to. That didn't mean that I was just supposed to just completely abandon that. Um, and then like, and honestly, I wasn't really happy in the bar environment either. It was a lot of problems that came along with it. So I'm like, okay, well, at least in doing, you know, therapy and social work, at least I felt like I had a purpose. Um, you know, at least I felt fulfilled. At least I was able to use my, my, my intellect and my gifts in a way that I felt good about. Um, so after kind of struggling through that, but only loving the aspects of the job of me helping people, I was like, I just need to go back. I need to go back. It's been five years. It's been a, a long enough break. I'm going to go back and, you know, I want to touch the people. I have been studying this entire time. I, I never stepped away from it. Um, and I was like, okay, now it's time for me to come back, but I'm going to do it my way. So I made a decision, like, I'm not going back to nonprofit. I'm not going back to social work. But I, I definitely want to reach people on a macro level. And that's when I came up with the idea to have the vlog and to start um, Big Baby LLC. Right, right. Well, <clears throat> one of the things that I know that as I work with young people in, um, out there in the field is that they talk about the importance of having a counselor or a therapist who looks like them, who they can relate to because mm-hmm. they're tired of talking to people who they have to explain their background and their barriers and they have to go through a whole history yeah. lesson just to get down to the meat and potatoes of the problem. So let's talk about that. With, with your platform that you have now, how do you think that you relate to this current generation? What are some of the strategies that you use? 
Okay, so one thing, um, you know, I, I actually had to, to force myself to get comfortable in front of a camera. Um, that was not something that just came naturally to me, but I knew it was important for the people to see me, like you said, so that you can be relatable so that they can connect with you. And um, I, you know, have all of this formal training um, in psychology and counseling, you know, but I'm not like your traditional type person. So like, you know, I like have natural hair and I have like tattoos, um, like a tattoo sleeve. And um, when I did my videos, like when, when I was first thinking about it, I was considering being a little bit more conservative in my approach. But um, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna come as I am. Um, so like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to record, um, I have on tank tops, so you can see all my tattoos and, you know, I, I just try to keep it as real as possible in terms of just like my personal presentation, but I'm coming with fire. Like I'm coming with real facts. I'm coming with like real spiritual lessons and truths and, you know, but it's just coming from me looking just like a, you know, a, a regular girl from the South side of Chicago. Um, so, so that's one way that I one thing that I did to make sure that I was relatable to my audience, because you don't have to be a, a buttoned up person. Um, you don't have to be, you know, like uber professional to um, understand like spirit and to understand the universe and to understand even psychology um, because we're all people. And that's all that discipline is, is about is about just, just relating with people and understanding people um, and understanding them at the core level as their authentic selves. So I come to the table myself. So that's the way that I've, I've connected mm -hmm. with my audience. Uh, and then also, um, I do all of my recordings outside. Um, that was another decision that I made because I'm like, okay, I could set up a studio indoors, you know, but it just didn't feel comfortable for me. And I actually did a, a couple of recordings that way but like just coming out in nature, just like having that freedom, um, like, you know, like just the literal freedom from like the concrete and the wires and just all of the things that block our energy within our homes. Um, I felt that I could flow a lot better. Um, and I've gotten a really positive response to that. Like people find it refreshing. Yeah. I mean, I've watched your videos plenty of times. I mean, I, I, whenever I see them, I take a moment to look at them and they're very encouraging. And then definitely seeing you out in the elements and, you know, in your environment outside. Sometimes you're like you're in a wooded area when you're in Chicago. You still, for some mm -hmm. reason, you were able to find a peaceful space, you know, no matter where I you did. went, you were always able to do that. <laughs> and now that you're back in Atlanta, like it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even look to me like you've left the city, like, cause you always find it. So that's yeah. So tell us about that. Like, how do you identify the perfect space to record your videos? And how do you think, why do you think that's important? Um, just your environment is key. Um, you know, the flow of your energy is impacted by your environment. Um, just, the, just the way that you think is impacted by the things that are around you. And then also like just the, the, the rays that you get from the sun. Um, it, it can energize you. Um, but um, it's just critically, critically important. So while in Chicago, um, I, I just naturally gravitate towards those places anyway, just like as just like my own personal, like mental health practice, being in nature. So while I was out there, I, I had just come from Georgia for the summer. Um, I stayed in Chicago for the summer from Georgia. And I had gotten so used to like these like 
open spaces with, you know, beautiful trees and flowers and everything. When I came to Chicago, it was just really important for me to find that just as, as a way to like just find peace. Um, and it surprisingly was not that difficult to find places to go. Um, always you have the lake. Um, being by water is extremely therapeutic. And um, I think that it helps with the flow of energy. So I started off there. I started off at the lakes in Chicago and just near the lake, they have all these different areas where they have um, gardens and, um, you know, little ponds and just beautiful spaces. So um, once I found one, it was easy to find another and then another and then another. And before you knew it, I had like 10 spaces to go to and I just would go there to record because that's where my ideas came to me the easiest. Okay. Now, when I look at your videos, I see a number of things that kind of um, blend into one. You talk about a few topics that I find very interesting. I want you to try to elaborate on that, if you will. You know, you mentioned, um, certainly we, you've mentioned astrology, um, self-help, of course. And then, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's this, this concept of the law of attraction. Tell me about the content that you cover, you know, in your videos. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, Lauren, it just it just depends on where I'm at, um, where I'm at spiritually, and and what messages are like just 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 placed on my spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, sometimes I'm coming from a place that's like really motivational, and it may be a time where I find myself feeling low, and I need to be motivated, and this is what I'm saying to myself to motivate myself, and I'll record that. You know, other times, you know, I'm feeling like really spiritual um, and, and I'll touch on that. Um, and then I've always been a huge fan of astrology. I'm, I'm not an astrologist by any stretch of the imagination, but it's something that I've studied for a really long time. You know, so sometimes I'll be touched to, to speak on that. Um, so it just it, it's really an organic process and really is telling all my business, because um, if you watch my videos, anything that I'm talking about is exactly where I was in my life at that particular time. And um, it's just so interesting. Like, you know, it's just it's been amazing to experience, like just hearing from people who are going through the same type of things. It's like, man, sometimes you feel like it's just you in that moment. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's just organic. And then people will contact me and say, I needed that because I'm going through X, Y, Z. So, um, yeah, I just, I just allow it to flow. There's, there's no formatting to it. There's no notes, nothing. It just depends on how I feel. And some days I'll go out and I'll make five videos and then, you know, it it might be a week where I'm just not inspired at all. Um, you know, so it, it just really, it really depends on where I'm at. Right, right. Absolutely. Well, one of the things that I noticed that you, it was a post that you made, and I want you to talk a little bit about this. Um, what is your relationship with weddings now? Tell us about that. What type of services do you provide? Oh, yes. Okay. So my wedding officiant journey, this is something that's very new to me. Um, but um, it's something that I've thought about and kind of been interested in. But honestly, what happened, Lauren, is that I had a dream. Um, I had a dream that I was officiating a wedding and um, it just just felt so real and it was so powerful and it felt natural to me. And um, I believe in the power of dreams. Um, There are um, a lot of great inventors who through their dreams. 
like, you know, the person who invented the sewing machine dream, dreamt about building the sewing machine. And then he woke up and wrote it down and created the sewing machine. So I'm, I'm very huge on like dreams. So when I had that dream and it felt so powerful and so potent to me, um, I took note of it. So I'm like, well, let me just look into this. Let me, let me see how, how, like what the process would be um, for me to be able to do this. And um, it was not a difficult process at all. And I'm like, I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go for it because essentially what I'm doing in my podcast are creating sermonettes anyway, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just like, you know, I'm, I would talk about, you know, you know, energy and flow and connection and divine connections. I can still talk about all of those things. And then at the end is this, you take this man, you take this woman. That's the only difference. <laughs> um, so uh, that's, that's uh, one uh one of the great benefits of like, you know, what I'm doing and that is just, it's just, a, it's a tie-in. Mm-hmm. And then also I grew up in the church. My father is a preacher and um, he would do weddings. So, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, like I said, you, you know, things always end up coming back full circle, even though I didn't feel like I was interest, interested in that at the time, you know, here I am later in my life feeling like, you know, that is my calling, that that's something that just comes very naturally to me but I grew up seeing it absolutely well, well let, let's talk about that a little bit because I there's definitely a connection between the energy that we speak of the law of attraction you know self-development um marriage you know lifelong commitment mm-hmm. and then you know mm-hmm. your role coming up and you and I've had this conversation our previous conversations about our role as preachers kids and with that yeah. and what that looks like and how that felt but, you know, we're seeing a trend now. We're seeing some changes in among especially the melanated community. Um, the younger millennials and post-millennials are tapping into different um, components of spirituality. So talk yes. about how you, you play a role in that and how you address that in your Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just feel like, um, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone else, but for myself, you know, I always, um, you know, spirituality was something that was important to me. Like I said, I grew up in the church. Um, and, you know, the lessons from the Bible were very potent for me. And, um, you know, I knew what to do when I was feeling down. You go and you pray. And, you know, I knew to trust God. And I knew all of these things. But um, it was just something about Christianity that made me personally feel like just restricted in a way that made me not feel good about myself. Um, and I know it's not made for that, but it was just like just certain rules and, um, you know, just things that I was having a hard time sticking to. Like I said, you know, I was a, you know, a, a teen parent, you know, so you just got to imagine, um, you know, but I still wanted to feel good enough. I still wanted to feel connected, you know, and, and I, I didn't, God loved me, but what I was being taught felt like it felt um, like conditional to me. But I knew that there was something out there. Like I'm like no, but I know that I am embracing and enveloped in this like this um, this um, what's the word like this eternal love. Um, you know that can't be compromised. And um, you know that's why I started leaning more towards spirituality because for me it just was easier for me to kind of you know how to move throughout life and, and feel free and creative, but still, still feel connected with source. Um, and I think that that's what's happening in our communities. It's like, I think that 
for a long time, religion was used in such a punitive way that there are aspects of it that feel great to our people, but then there are other elements that just don't feel good anymore. Um, They feel pretty terrible. And I think that instead of abandoning it as a whole, you know, because, you know, most of us are not trying to be atheists or anything like that, we understand as, um, you know, melanated people that we, we need that connection but it's just about approaching it in a new age way. And I think that that's why we've transitioned over into this, like it's a, a more, it, it's a less formal approach to spirituality mm-hmm. that um, is, a, is a little easier to execute than, um, you know, the, the fire and brimstone approach that a lot of us experience within the church. So do you think that oftentimes with, especially with you blogging and your, your spiritual life coaching, that, um, you know, people feel safer in that environment, you know, instead of yeah. necessarily going into a church and sitting there with, you know, who knows who and their opinions. Because, um, you know, in, in my exactly. book, I was very actually critical of the black church, especially for various reasons. And, um, and so and, and, and I definitely, you know, don't mind sharing some of those concerns I have. But I do realize yeah. that now there's a safe space that people are providing. You're doing that because someone can be on their phone. They could be on their way home from school. They can be wherever they are more, most comfortable and they can they can communicate with you. They can engage with you um, in a space that's comfortable for them. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it, it, it does. It does create that space. And like I said, and it, it doesn't require you like just totally just throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you still want to feel connected. You still want to feel that sense of peace. And it's just like really, honestly, it's just using different words. Yeah. You know, I, I, you'll hear me use words like source. You know, source is God. Mm-hmm. You know, whoever your God may be, <laughs> you know, but like, you know, connected with source and the universe. And we talk about spirit, you know, so it's all the same concept, but, you know, people just don't feel comfortable with the words like that anymore um and just changing them and for me if i was also able to better connect with it when i changed the words um you know so it, it's all very similar um but like you said it just it just feels safer it just yeah. feels a little bit less um um what's the word uh, i can't think of the word but yeah it, it just feels a lot safer for people Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. The, the formal the formal um church experience sometimes can be very intimidating for people which is why a lot of people don't feel comfortable with it because you know we're in the sandwich generation now so you've got some old school baby boomers the, the old school holy rollers who are like can't do this yes. this, this this and this and then yes. they, and they're um, they're going to be more attracted to you because like you said you got the tats you got natural hair, yes. you're sitting outside, yes. you have a tea on, and yet you believe, yes. feel the way they do. So you, I'm, I'm going to listen to you too, you know, because that's, exactly. a, that's a person who I feel I can trust and they'll respect me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like, even like, like you said, with the tattoos, that was, that was one huge thing. You know, I come from a, a like a traditionally religious background. And um, when I showed up with my first tattoo, it was just almost like my mother was just like, you know, you know, started, you know, telling me things about the Bible and just like the, the, like the, the destruction of my temple and my body. And, 
you know, it just didn't make sense to me. But I'm like, you know, but no, this is beautiful to me. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is not me destroying my body in any type of way. This is honoring me. This is this is me being more of myself and more in love with who I am. It's not that I'm like just some sick and disturbed person who's just like, I mean, you would think I had, I was cutting or something. You would think that I was just like, I showed up to her house with like just slices all over my arm. Um, and it was, um, you know, things like that, yeah. you know, things like that. And it's just like, I still want to feel loved and expected. I mean, I'm sorry, loved and accepted by God or source, even when I make a decision like, hey, I want to put art on my body. Like, mm-hmm. why should I not be able to do that? So, yeah, and it's, it's a lot of people who feel that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. I, I definitely can understand that. And I and I think it's important that we at least pay attention to some of the trends that, that are taking place, because if not, then you'll lose a generation. And, you know, we don't want to do that. We, we still want to be able exactly. to and to support. So mm-hmm. one question I do have for you, you know, in this, because, because you've been so grounded in some of the standards and the beliefs that you were brought up with, and then you found your own way, what has been, what are some of the inspirations that you've had? Are there certain people that you follow or is there certain things that make you, when you go down you sit down and you say, you know what, I need to tap into somebody else's energy right now so I can learn and glean. Yes. What, who, who are those folks if they exist? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I started off, um, well, first I started with like the Dalai Lama and his teachings. And like, even though I'm, I'm not Buddhist, you know, it was just like the, the teachings um, just resonated with me. Like the ideas about, um, you know, um, like unconditional positive regard and peace and radical acceptance and all of those things from Buddhism. So that's where I started. And I started that fairly young, but as I got older, you know, YouTube is out now and they're just, so many like great speakers and great thinkers out there. Um, one of my go-to people, and I use a lot of the same verbiage that she does, is I'm a speaker named Abraham Hicks. And um, Abraham Hicks is a woman who claims to be, um, uh, just for lack of a better word, like um, like possessed by spirit, like um, and like used as a medium. And spirit speaks through her and she describes it as like divine intelligence and it sounds really like creepy but when you listen to it it's it's just like amazing um what she speaks about about just like letting go um just about um your power just your power to to manifest things in your life and you hear the same principles in the bible you know the power of the tongue um she speaks a lot about that um, she speaks a lot about energies and frequencies and how, like, if you're on a certain, if you're vibrating at a certain level, how you attract things that are of that vi- vibration and how you have to be mindful of it and, and just careful about um, the frequencies that you're emitting um, and just the things that you, the people and things that you allow around you, which is also spirit. You know, we hear about, you know, you know, that's going to get on you. You know, the spirit is that, that spirit is going to get all, all over you, whatever, you know, um, we've heard, I've heard that before, you know, so it's not like new principles, but she presents it in a different way. And she's not pulling from the King James Bible, um, for this information. So I, I, I really enjoy her. 
really enjoy her. Um, tons of content on YouTube. And then also there's a gentleman named Infinite Waters. Infinite Waters is this, um, this guy who um, I think he might be British or something. I'm not sure what he is, but he was also a therapist. And he left his work as well to pursue his just blogging career and to just to speak about spirituality. Um, and I really enjoy him because our experiences and our backgrounds are very similar. And then um, I just have this random people that I listen to as well, just like all the great motivational speakers. Um, Eric Thomas, is a, I'm a huge fan of his. Um, he's a, a, a guy from Detroit who made it from nothing and now he's making like $40,000 a talk. Um, and he works primarily with athletes. So a lot of his material is like just on like just pushing through the pain and, you know, work ethic and discipline, you know, but like all of these principles from the three people that I just mentioned are needed in order to like just have like a comprehensive, um, like healthy self, you know, mind, body, spirit. I'm all about that, like that balance of mind, body, and spirit, and um, being healthy in that way. I'm sorry, a dog just ran up to me. <laughs> because you're outside, enough. because you're, you're, <laughs> I know. you're in the natural element, you're outside, and that's, I you're, know. <laughs> you keep it 100 with that. I mean, you said you, I mean, you were, obviously you record outside, so why wouldn't you do a podcast outside? That's, that's. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, so what the people don't know that. is before, no, it's fine, because before we start recording, people don't know that you had, you, you, uh, you spotted a snap turtle. I did. I did on my way out here. I sure did. I was yeah. going to grab it, but I'm like, ah. <laughs> but yeah, I love nature. I, I just, yeah. I feel like this is who we are. Like this is, this is what it's supposed to be. And we've been taken out of our natural element and put right. in these like disgusting concrete things. Um, so yeah, I'm always in nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I need to get better with that because I go in the house the minute I can and, and it's not good. You don't know your neighbors like that. You don't know your environment, you know, and I think that that's, that's problematic in our communities that we're not outside enough, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. What's going on? I mean, it's just the truth. So I can definitely appreciate that. So I mean, you definitely mm -hmm. you you shared your inspiration. One of the things I one question I had for you, we at the beginning of the conversation, we talked about excuse me, going through um, school and training and then, you know, being emerged into the, the, the workforce and kind of learning the things you appreciate, things you don't appreciate about it. What advice would you give for a person now who's going to college, who's listening to this saying, well, dang, should I get a job? What should I do? Like, what would you encourage them to do with their education? Um, you mean like specifically if they're going to like social work or psychology? Yeah, because I think oftentimes what's happening, and I'm seeing a trend with this, and, I, and I'm trying to conduct some research on it myself, but, you know, a, a lot of people are either not going to school anymore or not, you know, mm -hmm. picking up a trade because they're discouraged because they see some of the things that we've gone through or even their parents have gone through. But what, you know, my personal opinion is that, you know, look at you. I mean, you, you have your training, but you're using it in a way that means something exactly. to you and it's more effective. Um, yeah. What advice would you give for people who are in school right now who are saying, I think I want to mm -hmm. be a social worker, but I don't know. Now, is it worth it? What would you say? Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first thing I would say is plan to be creative. Plan to be creative because, you know, it is what you make it. 
Um, you can be very successful at this and, you know, do well financially, or you can be very, very poor. Um, it just depends on your work ethic and your creativity. Um, and, um, you know, for myself, like, you know, the creative route was a lot more comfortable, you know, but I feel like the training itself grounded me in a way that I, I needed to be grounded. So I, I definitely wouldn't discourage it because I feel like when it comes to motivating and inspiring people I feel like part of that is intuitive but there are some things that you need to learn there are some technical aspects that you need to understand there are things about human behavior and like just like um like emotions and trauma that you need to understand in, in order to like effectively um touch and inspire people. And there are a lot of people out there who don't have that formal training and they're doing that, you know, and a lot of that is intuition. But I, but I feel like, um, you know, imagine how much more effective their message would be if, with that behind them, with that technical training, with that science, because there, there is a science to the mind, you know, there's your spiritual self, but it's, it's still, you know, we're working our spirit is within this machine, which is our body. So understanding that is, is important as well. So I would say, yeah, definitely go for it, but um, just plan on being creative. Right, right. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Okay. Well, as we wrap up, I'm curious to know what, if someone wants to get in contact with you, how can they get in contact with you? And also with that, what type of services do you think you can offer for people? Okay, so um, currently I offer virtual coaching sessions um, and how that works, it just depends on the comfort level of the client, but we can either do um, like a video message, which I prefer. And usually when I'm doing that message, I'm outdoors as well. I try to do all my work outdoors, but we can um, video message for a session or we can just do it over the phone. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm offering those services. And um, I'm also, I host a lot of groups here in Atlanta, um, where we just meet up, we do hiking and, um, you know, specifically like Stone Mountain, we get to the top of the mountain and then I'll do a short permanent there. Um, I usually post about that on my page. I'll give you the information in a minute. And then also um, I'm booking for weddings um, for 2019. Um, and um, I am open to all different types of dynamics. So it does not have to be a traditional marriage. And um, you can book me for weddings in Atlanta and Chicago um, by contacting me, contacting me via email at book.latoya.weddings at gmail.com. And you can find all of my content on Instagram and you um, just type in Big Baby LLC. That's my handle. And I have all of my information there. I have information about how to contact me for one-on-one -on -one sessions. For virtual sessions, you can just DM me for that. And um, I also have all of my videos posted there. And um, any like flyers that I have for upcoming events are posted there. And any sales or specials that I'm having are posted there. Oh, and I'm sorry. Let me back up a little bit. I forgot to mention that with the weddings that I officiate, I offer packages to couples where I'll provide for you premarital counseling and then officiate your wedding. So like packages of, of three sessions and then I'll officiate your wedding, which is great because I really get to know you all as a, as a couple 
um, so that I can make your ceremony really unique and, um, you know, customize it to you and your experience with your future spouse. So all of that. But overall, just find me on Instagram. I have everything there. That's pretty much the catch-all. And then you can find me on YouTube as well. And that's also Big Baby LLC. Awesome. Like now, you know, I've been married over 10 years now, so I may need to hit you up for some type of rededication vows or something. That um, would be awesome. I would love would, to do it. Yes. Yes. Because I, I mean, the journey is real. And so people need mm-hmm. to have somebody they can sit with and chat with um, before they enter that. So that's so awesome. Absolutely. And I, and I don't talk about this a lot, but um, I've been married for 12 years. So I, I have some experience there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so I get it. Yeah, the journey is long. It's long. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a journey, though. So I mean, it's good to have. It that really support. is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's good it to is. have that support. That's awesome. You're doing that. Yeah. All the things you're doing are great. So as as we wrap up, what what do you want to leave us with? Anything? Any words of encouragement? Any advice? Anything that we missed that you want to still, you know, because we know we need to double up. We need to do this again. We're gonna have to follow up in a few months to see what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, the thing that I would just like to leave your listeners with is like understanding the importance of nurturing your spirit. You have to nurture your spirit. There's no way around it. I don't care how successful you are in your career or anything else. Like if you don't have that, the core of yourself in order, it's just, it's just not going to be right. Um, and the way that we nurture our spirit doesn't have to necessarily be through therapy. It can be just spending time in nature and allowing that to absorb like negative energy from your body and just put in good energy. Um, and also I mentioned before, like YouTube, going on YouTube and listening to videos, listening to my videos, um, you know, just making that, you know, something that you engage in as a weekly practice and just reading, reading and prayer and meditation. But this is something that needs to be a non-negotiable part of your life. It's, 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 it's critically um, important. Right. Absolutely. Though. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that. And the truth is, I think it goes back to the name of your brand, your business, Big Baby. We are still yes. growing. I love that. We're all still growing. We're, we, we are never fully evolved. We're, we should be continuously evolving. So yeah, you're on point. Absolutely. Yes. You're on point. Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us well, today. Thank you, Lauren. This was great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I had to make my way out there to Atlanta to see you. Yes, please do come. We we still got about two good months of, of warm weather. So come before it before it gets cold out here. Oh, uh, okay. I gotta find my And way. I'll I take you on a way. nice long hike. We're gonna go on a hike. It's okay. Be wonderful. So let me get my, my shoes ready because I don't know what I don't I don't know what that feels like out there. You know, I'm used to these Chicago streets, so you know, let me get myself together because I know I gotta I'm, get you <laughs> I gotta get you down here in Atlanta. You'll you'd love it. You love Perfect. it. Perfect. Cool. Okay, then. Well, again, thank you so much. So, guys, again, this has been another treat. I'm so excited to have this queen on the show today. Um, please thank make sure you. you follow her. Make sure you support her videos. I know I tune in every chance I get. And meanwhile, if you still want to get a copy of Confessions of a Melanated Queen, definitely go to the website, confessionsofamelanatedqueen.com. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on LinkedIn and Facebook at um, Dr. Lauren Meeks. If you want to send an email or a question or concerns you may have, you can reach me at laurentmeeks at gmail.com. It's been great. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Confessions of a Melanated Queen. 
Follow Dr. Meeks on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dr. Lauren Meeks. If you have a confession, visit confessionsofamelanatedqueen.com and share your story. Peace and love.